which one should we taste first? Which one should I taste first? Um, wait, which two do you have? What's that? Like a, you got a real one and uh, a bagged yeah. one? Yep, I got my real one. Okay. And this bagged one. All right, well, let me just be the one to say it then. Hey, buddy, what are you drinking? Wait, so no intro? I'm drinking Manhattan. Manhattan's. Two Manhattans. Nice. One that I prepared and one that was pre-prepared. A um, packaged cocktail, ready-to-drink cocktail, RTD. Um, and I, well, I actually should say I have not tasted it yet because I've been saving it. Saving it for the podcast. What, pa- <laughs> what podcast is that? Uh, this new podcast. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called... Um, um, never not thirsty. I couldn't mm-hmm. think of something the opposite of what we do. <laughs> <laughs> totally quenched. Now, yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, where you're on the spot with this stuff. Um, yeah. So you can see it showing Micah. Since yeah. We, again, in in quarantine times of of our recordings, and uh, we are doing it over Zoom, so we can see each other now. But um, I guess we could see each other before, but now, but now we can't hug, which is unfortunate. So yeah, it comes in this little nicely pre-packaged uh, kind of plasticky type of packaging, I guess. That's not what you would think of when you think of a Manhattan or typically cocktails in general. Um, it definitely seems like it was designed for uh getting through maybe some event where there might be where they might be checking for alcohol at least that was my first thought yeah it definitely seems like i mean why else a single serve bag that is not it it would be the least protruding way of packaging it i guess like it could be in a plastic cylinder it could have been in like a more a round form but it went as flat and wide as possible that is definitely to keep it on your persons without drawing attention and yeah it would just be much more aesthetically pleasing (laughs) in all sorts of different other forms than than just a little plastic package i don't even know i'm not gonna i'm not trying to call anybody out because like i said i haven't tasted it yet so i don't even know i'm not I can't even say it's bad or anything. Now, obviously, my first impression is not the best. Right. But um, it doesn't really have a the it doesn't really have a whole lot of description. And the little description that is on here is again not what I would think of when thinking of a Manhattan. Mm-hmm. So yeah, can can you read that top line? Because I've top, seen the packaging and that definitely stuck out to me as well. Uh the top line, made with bourbon whiskey, but uh obviously not not a traditional Manhattan, not the spirit of choice for a traditional Manhattan, but a lot of people like it with bourbon. Made with bourbon whiskey, vermouth, and the kicker, <laughs> you're ready for it, caramel coloring. Such that, a weird thing to display front and <laughs> center. It doesn't seem like you would advertise that, right? I mean, isn't is that's what they take they take 
efforts to avoid saying that on any type of food or drink packaging. These yes, days. I mean, whiskey fact, companies have gone through great <laughs> lengths to not have to say that, and yet they are putting it in what is easily the most prominent area. Yeah, yeah this day and age, it's it's the opposite, right? So yeah, and caramel coloring, not again, not not setting the the bar too high with this, right? So now I feel like I really just got to taste this. Now. <laughs> yeah, it should be noted that uh, we were all supposed to have one of these, but uh, I couldn't get my hands on one. I I saw it in one store, and then then we went quarantine, and my local booze place didn't have it on hand. So you're gonna have to be my taste buds. All right. Um. Well, I'm about to get into it. But before I do, hey, welcome to Always Parched. <laughs> We're in it. We're already diving deep. Um, today, obviously, I'm joined by my good buddy, Micah. Hiya. And we are just too strong today. Missing our third wheel. I guess he's not really a third wheel. Nah, that's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Dinger is um, predisposed at the moment, I guess. Yeah, the the man to our menage a trois <laughs> that's a it's a foreshadowing to what i've got to say later <laughs> <laughs> i can't wait to hear it <laughs> all right so let's uh, hold that up for a second i want to see the coloring on there oh yeah I, I can i can see the caramel yeah you know I, I'm, I'm holding it so i do have a manhattan that i created or that i prepared as well uh, with out any additional coloring but it's pretty close the coloring is pretty close now that it's out of the bag the bag is black so it's kind of hard to tell um and it smells fine it's i guess it smells all right it doesn't uh i was wondering if it had any instructions on there about adding sorry just read if it had any instructions about adding any type of garnish stirring Right. You know, to further dilution or anything like that. It does say and garnish with one cherry, maraschino flavor to plus. It does not say cocktail cherry. Yeah. So, I got to assume they meant a red abomination when they said uh, maraschino. You know, it's funny on the back. Hold on. I'm going to take a sip first. I got Okay. <laughs> so, okay. First off, first impressions. Well, now I'm going to sound like a jackass. It's not the worst. <laughs> it's not not terrible at all. If let's put it this way, I've had worse at cocktail bars. Yeah. Um, I would say the sh the sweetness of it that is from you know very likely the red vermouth. I'm I'm assuming the coloring that they didn't add any sugar. Again, just an assumption, but I think it's it, it's got a little bit of a kind of a uh what do you call it? A, a manufactured sweetness kind of a little like um you know not real sugar but right that could potentially also just be the vermouth and i don't know you know they're, they're not uh, it doesn't specify what type of vermouth is used in this and you know obviously there's a lot of different ones and a lot of ones and there are some that are better than others but um that being said all things being equal not terrible and if if you put it in the context that we were talking about before 
you're at a, you know, I don't know, let's say a spring training game. You yeah. get a, you get a beer and then ask for a glass of ice maybe and uh, dump that over. You're probably doing just fine. Yeah. This will do in a pinch. So <clears throat> what I was going to say earlier was that on the back of the packaging, it's actually a little more detailed and actually uh, actually lists some of the ingredients that you would think would be more pronounced on the front. Uh, <laughs> made with whiskey bourbon. Red. Oh, again, I did actually forget. I was, I did actually forget that it was bourbon again because I was thinking it's real easy, right? Sweetness and stuff, but that makes a little more sense knowing now that it's bourbon and not a, a rye whiskey. Um, made with whiskey bourbon, red vermouth, which on the front it just said vermouth, and Angostura aromatic bitters, and water for the dilution because it's a twenty. What is it? It's about fifty proof. So you would think that would be a little bit more prominent on the front. Right. That's more traditionally what you would think of when you're talking about a Manhattan bourbon, sweet vermouth, aromatic bitters, and then the water for the dilution. And in, and in small lettering, it says contains caramel color. Yeah. So. See, that makes more sense. Why it's so large. Like maybe they're required to. Because I have no, no idea why else that would be on, on the front, right above the the title. Like I said, maybe a little sweet for my taste on a Manhattan. Maybe probably likely due to the bourbon, and I don't know. I don't know exactly what the ratios are, but I'd say they're close enough to, uh, to pass. So yeah, and that's probably also by design. If you make it a little smoother, a little sweeter it's going right. to be better for a, the majority of the audience that is yeah. looking to have a bagged cocktail. Definitely going to appeal to a wider audience. Yeah. And that is not me casting judgment because I am for sure sneaking a bag Negroni in somewhere at some point. So I'm not hating. Exactly. I'm just, my expectations are probably appropriately adjusted. Yep. So I would say uh, the bar set, I would say it, it, it met that standard, if if not surpassed. Yeah. All right. I've had several several sips of it. You yeah. Know? This, is, uh, I'm, this is definitely a, a big plus for the day, considering you know these days we're just trying to find little little positives to take away, little positive takeaways. Yeah. Bagged, little tiny individually served bag Manhattan. I think it was six dollars by mm -hmm. that total wine, and. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd drink it again. I'd drink it if someone gave me one. Someone passed me one right before I had to go into a spring training game. I'd drink one. Yeah, dude. All right. So what about you? You are drinking a Manhattan as well, sir. Are you not? I am. Um, though, if you want to ding me on a technicality, maybe I'm not. Uh, let me explain. Mm. So, please do micah please a, do a little behind the scenes stuff this is like our third attempt at trying to get this manhattan episode recorded uh yep. for a variety of reasons i mean we've all got a tremendous amount going on and we finally carved out some time today so uh we got assigned specific ones uh, our goal was we all had one of the bad cocktails we can all come through on that um but also, I was supposed to test out a microwaved Manhattan. 
That's right. And I did that two times ago. <laughs> um, and I, uh, I want to go into that more later, but the story of this particular Manhattan is that I used up all of my sweet vermouth. So uh, doing the quarantine home bartender thing, popped a bottle of wine open <laughs> nice and that wine was menage a trois hmm. so now i look like a dummy because there's only two of us <laughs> <laughs> but yeah obviously um fortified wine aromatized wine um sweet vermouth yeah. is what goes into manhattan and i just have regular wine hmm. um and how so, is that how is so, that substituting how is that it's noticeable. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, a little thin, um, definitely more whiny than, you know, what you'd expect out of a sweet vermouth. Um, so, and also I don't have any rye whiskey left anymore. And that's again, something we'll go into on our, our perfect, eh, let's not say perfect because that's already designated our ideal Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Uh, we'll talk about later. This uh, this bag says that this is perfect, the perfect Manhattan. So that's the perfect or the perfect a perfect. Uh, because the, the the perfect definition wise, the perfect Manhattan is probably not what they were shooting for. Uh, but so I prefer rye in mine. Uh, this is bourbon because I only had bourbon left. It has a uh, regular wine in it instead of uh, sweet vermouth. And the only thing I got right on my preference is that there's orange bitters. I like mine stirred and up. This is not stirred and has a big old ice cube in it. Thanks to Woe, he provided me with some ice cubes a while back and I had one left. So I just built this in the glass and drank it that way. This is a real, these are dire times. It's a stretch. Yeah. But you know, you take what you can get these days, I guess. Yeah, and so like, it's reminiscent of a Manhattan. I can I can taste it in there somewhere. Is is the Manhattan <laughs> I was shooting for? It's probably right around with your bag cocktail. It's not ideal, but I'm not going to turn it away. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the 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 bagged cocktail. The more I've been thinking about it, it's just it's very it, it's made with very round edges it is intentionally you can tell subtle it's not it's not very strong it's um you know has that again sweet it's got enough sweetness in it too sweet again for my liking but in general it's made to appeal so it's it's not bad but uh yeah yours is a little bit of a divergence from a typical manhattan for sure yeah and so uh, going back to the microwave Manhattan, I read an article about it and I thought this was going to be awesome. I thought there was going to be some um, interesting, I don't know, even scientific explanation on, you know, microwaving your Manhattan does something to it that really brings it together in a profound way. Uh, when I got to the story, it was mostly just about how to flash infuse things create a cocktail, throw some blackberries in it, microwave it, like let it cool, strain it. And now you've got like this flash infusion, which happened. I, I microwaved mine with some strawberries and you know, it had that 
bit of a strawberry taste. In the uh, Manhattan. In the Manhattan. Okay. Because that is all the fruit I had on hand. But based on that, I think even if you gave it like a quick muddle, the experience would be the exact same or the end product would be the exact same. So it's probably just an easier way would just hmm. be to muddle some things. So just to clarify, the process is just to build a Manhattan as you normally would uh, as far as mixing it, same ratios, all of that stuff, except you threw a little bit, you throw a little bit of fruit in there and put it in the microwave for a little, what I'm assuming what, like 20 seconds or something like that. I did mine for 45. I okay. really juiced it. Um <laughs> But that's but that's all there is to it. It's not like microwaving a component of it and then building it. No, and there's actually two different ways to do it. Um, so the the person who came up with it is an accomplished uh, purveyor of booze and also um, uh, an author of some note. And let me let me get the name here. It's it's a challenging one. Ryan Chetty Yawardena, something like that. Yep. And so. Um, Right. In his Chase. book, Good Things to Drink with uh, Mr. Lynn and Friends, he has a Negroni version where it is just built a Negroni and put in the fruit and microwave it. His Manhattan recipe was not at all close to a traditional one, so it was intentionally different. Hmm. So I'm not trying to say it's, it's weird or anything. Or that uh, unsuccessful is probably what maybe you would come away with from my previous comments but uh with that said if i saw microwaved anything on the menu and i actually saw a bartender like mix something up put it in the microwave and pull it out i'm definitely 10 times more likely to order it in a bar just because i like the theatrics of it all yeah and it ultimately did work but i think for what it works to do you probably would save yourself some time by modeling yeah that's a lot of uh a lot of components I, I just I think I would skip as as over when I'm when I want a Manhattan in general. Yeah. If you're going for infusions and stuff, it really in my mind does start to deviate significantly. Right. But um, you know, I I also like hearing about some of these new different uh techniques and stuff, but that one does not sound like one I will try. I think I'm going to do different things with it and try and do a side-by-side -side and really see if you can get any discernible difference that doesn't involve infusing anything. Let me ask you this. Is this something specific to Manhattan's or is this, was Manhattan just what he happened to be drinking and, and tried to microwave it and use this technique to infuse it? Or could you, do you know if you could use that technique on another drink, say, uh, you know, something real straightforward, like a Tom Collins or something to get right. infusion with uh, some, some sort of fruit? Yeah, I don't know. It's just the article that caught my attention, Microwave Manhattans. Um, it referenced the book, and it's a book I don't have. So perhaps uh, I should stop referencing things <laughs> from books that I don't own. But <laughs> maybe it's there's a far, far better explanation in it there. All right. Well, aside from that, do you want to do you want to give us what your perfect your perfect Manhattan would be? Yes. <laughs> and I should well. <laughs> Here, let me let Proceed. me 
uh, let me commandeer the the ship before I answer that question. Go for it, real I'm quick. Not even driving, I'm just yeah, <laughs> flying by the seat of our pants. Yeah. Uh, now it went from ship to airplane. <laughs> Note that. Um, so I I was gonna say, bef- without even running it by anyone, that we probably don't even need to go into too much of the history of Manhattan because I'm not gonna be able to tell you anything that you can't also Google. Yeah. Or like, if you really care. This book, um, The Manhattan, The Story of the First Modern Cocktail uh, by Philip Green. This is a fantastic book. Um, mm. A lot of cocktail books kind of do lip service to the history. Um, maybe even sometimes there isn't a ton of history to draw back on. Yeah. Um, but this one does a good like 90 pages worth of actual history of the drink and then probably another 50 or so of cocktail recipes so it is really thorough and i'm enjoying it quite a bit i haven't gotten that far i anticipated actually having some knowledge but then i thought like i don't know if you really care if you really care you would buy the book and enjoy it yourself so you don't need to uh dummies you know footnoting (laughs) um but i do think for the purpose of going forward that uh when we're talking about what our our ideal Manhattan is that uh, we kind of agree that a traditional Manhattan, and this is I'm reading here, even though I already knew the ratios, but I'm going to look at it where essentially two to one, right? Yep. Right. And uh, a certain two to three dashes of some sort of bitters. They're going aromatic, but uh, that's not my preference, but yep. So they're saying, Traditional Manhattan, two ounces of bourbon or rye, one ounce of sweet vermouth, two dashes, aromatic bitters, uh, lemon peel or cherry for garnish. Stirred, poured up. That feels like the proper definition. Yeah? It it does. Um, And, you know, one thing we should mention is the kind of the even more background as to how we have had such a, a strong focus why we've had such a strong focus on manhattans is and we may have referenced this in recordings past is that we use this as kind of our litmus test of whether a cocktail bar maybe should be taken seriously or is really focusing on the fundamentals um because it's pretty straightforward like that those that recipe is not uh overly complicated by any means anybody could see could take two parts of a rye or bourbon, one part of a sweet vermouth, and throw in a little bit of bitters. That's not very difficult. Yeah. What, what, and it, what it's it, never what about it, getting the recipe wrong, but how seriously right. do you take your cocktail program? Yeah, it does seem to more or less boil to boil down to um, the techniques usually on how they're on how it's mixed, as well as uh, obviously the uh, ingredients that are used because those two things will influence it profoundly. Um, so that was, and I think we both can agree that it also, we both really liked that drink mm-hmm. right off the bat. So we thought that was a good one to kind of use again as that litmus yeah. test. If we, uh, you know, if we're going to different bars, um, the few times we're not together <laughs> and going to different cocktail bars, we could report back to each other and say, well, you know, 
they shook my Manhattan and threw a little red abomination in there. So right. this place has fallen down the list real quick. Yeah, because it's such an obvious classic cocktail. If everyone's going to know how to make it or have their own version or their own way of doing it. And if you don't know how to make it, then that's like an obvious tell that you're not taking your bar program seriously. And that's fine. But it's just we were getting into it. And we wanted to have some sort of way of it was like a cocktail language we could understand that you know this place did this and so that instantly had to put it somewhere on the radar right so as much as this episode is about the manhattan which really i guess the more i think about it it's not because like you said we're not getting into the history of the manhattan or anything because from my understanding even of that is it's it's somewhat controversial in the sense that some people say this is where it originated and some people say you know it was this place with these people actually it was 10 15 20 years prior to that right um, it's more of a, a way of being able to how to judge whether you're what you're getting and what you're ordering at a at a bar is going to be probably a, a good cocktail you know or at least the bar is going to at least produce good cocktails maybe you don't like whatever specifically ordered but they might you know that might just be they might be able to put out something that's really good because they if you if they're working off a solid base of how to prepare some of the stuff then they're bound to put out good stuff usually and more than that this episode is about friendship (laughs) (laughs) and love and all the other rainbows and everything else that we aren't getting enough of these days and so Looking back at it, I was trying to think of the things we would judge on and the things we said about different bars and how we rated them. And some of it was kind of, I don't know, parochial, I guess. But that's because we were learning what we preferred and what what just the cocktails in general. So I think we were misguided on some things, but, you know, that's how you learn. And uh, yep. and even even when I'm still going to say the two worst ones I've ever had, it's like, I'm dumping on them because the two places aren't supposed to make a good one, but it was just yeah. uh, funny stories involved. And so, um, <laughs> cause even when I say what I prefer now, someone, there's always someone in the crowd that's like, Oh, that's, that's basic. That's dumb. This person doesn't know anything because if he thinks that's a great Manhattan, then he doesn't know shit. <laughs> yeah. And so with that said, let's, what uh, what are some of the things that we highlighted as important to see out of a cocktail or out of a Manhattan when we order one from a new place? So the first thing I know that I would look for and that I guess I, I still look for to this day is shaken versus stirred. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an obvious one, um, at least to cocktail enthusiasts. Uh, but a, a cocktail like Manhattan should be stirred is more often stirred than it is shaken just because it is not, doesn't include the, any juices or anything like that. So the, um, the ingredients that are being used will not really, I guess, be enhanced in any way by shaking it except to produce usually some odd airiness into it. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, it has those little bubbles on top. May, may get some ice shards in there. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely ha- runs the risk of over diluting it. So uh, it's just not that that's the first thing I would look for, at least particularly back 
when we were really starting to get into cocktails. All right. Are they picking up the tins? Because if they're doing right. that, um, that's already, that's already strike one in my book. Yeah. So the, the shaking definitely matters, you know, even from the very beginning, I think just what ingredients they're putting in. Now my preference is rye, but you know, everyone's going to have their own style and everyone's going to have their own things on the bar. So I didn't, I wouldn't ding if it was something that wasn't my favorite, but you know, quality of ingredients, it didn't have to be my specific one, but if it was obviously a decent version of something, then that was just fine. Um, right. And so uh, glassware too, just because, I mean, it doesn't really matter, but I prefer to coop over the, the, what people think of when they, when you say martini glass, you know, the uh, V shaped, um, I just, I don't like those glasses. Um, those glasses make no damn sense to me. The, yeah. like the, the very classic, uh, you know, that you find on posters and stuff like that. I don't know where the hell you see posters anymore, but, um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? The ones, uh, that are probably even on an emoji or something like that, that look like those classic martini glasses. Right. They just don't make any sense. Why, why would you serve a drink like that? Because it's just so difficult to move around. I really don't like it, which is why the classic, the, the coupe, more traditional coupe style, which is rounded off, at least makes it, you know, a little bit easier. Right. And then so if it's, if it's in a coupe, it goes without saying that it's not uh, on the rocks. I think that's another strike. So if you've got a cocktail and they dump it on the rocks, that is not my preference. And then uh, what kind of chair are you putting in there, if at all? Like, you know. I was just about to say, I cannot believe that you have not, that your number one thing was not the cherry. Like, that would, you're not your first tell. Um, yeah. Obviously, the first thing you see them start to do is maybe shake it and what ingredients they're putting in there. But the last thing you see also is I, I would have expected you to say right off the bat, like if there's a little red abomination in there. Yeah. Um, it's funny for a drink, for, for an item that you consume, you would think like off the bat is just like whatever they put into it makes the biggest difference. And yet for us, it seemed to be what happened at the end, like, did they shake it or stir it? Did they put it up on the rocks? And what kind of garnish did they do? Like these sort of ancillary things that shouldn't be the most important in something you drink. And yet that was, those were our biggest uh, dings or highlights. I will say when I initially ordered Manhattans, I think I was maybe prone to even bourbon. Um, again, I think that's a real that is kind of a typical entry into the world of spirits um uh, because it because of that little added sweetness um uh-huh. since then i think i've acquired more of a taste for that spice which is why i prefer rye now versus yeah. bourbon and i'll even say that my perfect or ideal manhattan has has evolved over the course of the last few years just because you know just like anything else your preferences and taste uh change over time and when you're exposed to new things. So um, there was a time where I didn't like mushrooms and now I love mushrooms <laughs> and I never get to eat them because my wife still hates mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And it's very sad in this household all the time because we never have mushrooms. Bummer. But, um, but yeah, I would, I started with bourbon. So I don't think there's anything wrong with the bourbon Manhattan by any stretch of the imagination. But uh but now I've since moved on to rye. And what's also funny is that if I were 
today or if we were today to go back and kind of do the same thing, which I think we have agreed that we don't really do this anymore just because we can kind of gauge right uh yeah how how not good the bar is but how knowledgeable the staff mm-hmm. is and everything based off of whatever drink we order yeah um, besides just but, like going into a place we already have vetted it i guess for lack yeah. of a better word like we kind of already know that we're going to a place that's quality and then when you look at the menu you can tell if they know what they're doing based on kind of how things are put together and what what's in their different drinks and uh yeah, we're more focused on finding an interesting drink that maybe they only do, or maybe they do especially well. Circling back real quick to what my my earlier point, which was that if we were today to go into or to use a drink to measure kind of the knowledge of the staff or, or capabilities of the bartenders, then I would say I'd almost be inclined to go more with a martini, even though I don't drink those that often, just because I think those actually have less flexibility in terms of how you can make them and and flavor wise how you can be off I guess in in the preparation this, everything that goes into it I guess it's mm-hmm. just less flexible because I think the Manhattans with the those strong bold flavors of a whiskey and a sweet vermouth can overcome a, you know some some missteps here or there like the ratio isn't exact or whatever Mm -hmm. whereas i don't think a martini can do that as well that was just something i was thinking about was i think a martini is is maybe would be a better measure but i also don't want to go to every bar and order a martini so yeah yeah i agree with your idea there but i still think i would judge them by their manhattan it just it goes along with my philosophy. And now granted, I just happen to like cheese pizza. So anyone who knows me is going to probably call BS on this story. But like, if you're going into a place that uh, like a pizza place, I think, what can you do with the basic ingredients? You know, you got your dough, your sauce and your cheese. Uh, You can't hide behind anything. And so that would be my baseline for a pizza place. Just like for me, the Manhattan is still the baseline for a drink because you can't hide it. You can do some things and add your own touch. And I think there's where you can either sink yourself being too cute or nail it and differentiate yourself. So I would still stick with Manhattan, but now I feel knowledgeable enough that I don't need to use that as a baseline. Well, first of all, I didn't hear anything past when you started talking about pizza because now I'm hungry. (laughs) I, I am hungry and now I want pizza. But uh, second is, I actually kind of do that now. Uh, my wife and I, anytime we go to a new pizza place, and not just like a you know fast food pizza place or whatever, we will almost always get the margarita pizza because it's kind of like you said, it's very simple. Um, but you know, it's easy to tell if they're getting really good ingredients for it. And uh, right. that that's pizza I never really have liked. Well, I don't know if anybody really does growing up if they like margarita pizzas, but that's kind of our our new go to when we're when we're trying out pizza places. Yeah. So I also have well, I have since switched to my Manhattan that I made. And is this your ideal Manhattan? Is this what you would prefer? It is, and it's funny because I'm. I have gone back now. 
I, I kind of went back and forth a little bit to kind of see if I could, uh, not if I could see the difference, but if like it would bring out some, some characteristic in one over the other. And when I went back to the bagged Manhattan, the, the RTD Manhattan, it was extremely sweet. Yeah. Uh, after tasting mine with rye, uh, the other one, def- the, the sweetness from the other one certainly stands out. And almost even more so is do I get that kind of like on the nose and tasting it like that artificial sweetness, um, which is, it's like reminiscent a little bit of uh, um, equal Splenda, all that stuff. It's just a little, there's something off about the sweetness of the other one. Yeah. So this one is made with rye, obviously, and it is, it does follow the, the formula, two parts whiskey one part vermouth um and bitters two dash bitters but um a couple variations of this which one being instead of sweet vermouth instead of one ounce of sweet vermouth i actually split that with half an ounce of sweet vermouth and half an ounce of dry vermouth i like how it is a little drier and and i really like how it tastes when you have a lemon garnish, like a lemon pill garnish where you can zest it. I think that really brings out the dryness from the dry vermouth and also kind of lets the, the rye whiskey stand out. And so that spice still is, is really present, um, which is funny just because a must have for many years for me was was that really delicious cocktail cherry i mean we obviously have a whole episode Mm -hmm. dedicated to the cocktail cherries so i don't even always put those in i i will throw it in sometimes just because they're good i really like them Mm -hmm. Um, i don't necessarily need it on a manhattan anymore like i like maybe i did uh at one time but that being said if i don't have a lemon i will not make it because really I really just like how the lemon interacts with this, which, you know, I think just talks, really says something about garnishing and how important it is, which is not the focus, obviously, of this episode, but, but it is super important. And, and mm-hmm. in, particular, in particular on this drink, if I don't have it, then I'll just do the two rye with the one ounce um, sweet vermouth. So hmm. now and I, I use Willet rye on this. So, on uh, chapter 17, it starts three classic Manhattans. Traditional, which is the one we talk about, uh, two to one uh, rye and sweet vermouth. The dry Manhattan is bourbon or rye with dry vermouth, uh, one ounce of that. And a perfect Manhattan is half an ounce of sweet vermouth and half an ounce of dry vermouth. And this is in that book that you, the Manhattan book you're talking about, right? Yeah. Um, no, I have not read that. So I didn't get it from there, but I also, I think I originally read about it at some mm. point and tried it. So it's not of my own making. Right. Um, but, but I was just saying like, as far as calling it a perfect Manhattan, I didn't know if you're oh. doing that on purpose. No, I don't think I realized it was called the perfect Manhattan. Um, I just thought it was a Manhattan. Hmm. But I that my favorite. So, <laughs> but only if I have a lemon. Like I said, if I don't have that lemon peel, no. Huh. Yeah, that's very specific. 
does it have that in that? <clears throat> yeah. Does it have that uh, as a part of the perfect Manhattan in that book? It does. Okay. Uh, for actually all three of them, it says uh, lemon, lemon peel or uh, cherry. Hmm. For all three of them. Yeah. See, I'm trying to think if, I don't know if I've ever had a lemon peel with like the traditional sweet one, you know, with, with one ounce sweet vermouth, especially if it's bourbon. I would, I don't know. And I think it should be noted because, because we're fans of, you know, dumping on the red abomination and not once, but twice <laughs> talks about it. And so I want to read a quick thing. And as a final word on garniture, do not ruin your Manhattan with those grocery store bought artificially flavored day glow cherry monsters. You owe it to your <laughs> drink and yourself. That's in there twice. And it's funny that you said cherry, uh, called it the cherry monster since it's like, you know, we, we went with abomination, but it's good to know that uh, everyone has, uh, is ready to crap on it. You know what? I never heard that word before either. Garniture. Yeah, I know that too. Uh, I'm glad, glad I got it right the first time. Yeah, garniture. Never heard of that word before. I mean, mm-hmm. it, when you said it quickly, I immediately believed it was a real word. But then I had to think for a second. I'm like, is that actually a word? So I had to look it up real quick. And sure, sure enough, it's a word. So, yeah. All right, well, I'm, I'm adding that to the vocab. What? pray tell Micah is yours because I'm guessing I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say it is not bourbon and wine it is not though I did finish it and it was just fine um, <laughs> well like I said before the Carpano Antica sweet vermouth was usually my preferred and go to and, and it, it has a really bold and distinct flavor and I think it worked really well with the rye but uh Sometimes that's the only bottle of sweet vermouth I had, and it does not go well with something like a Negroni. And so, no, um, it does not. Yeah, it's just too much that flavor. So then I started feeling like maybe it was still too pronounced in Manhattan. And uh, so, like your split vermouth with the sweet and the dry, my preference is actually to do a split of Dolan Rouge in the Carpano antica mm. oh, okay and i saw that somewhere and i wish i could give credit to it but um from that recipe they did three ounces of rye still one ounce but a split split vermouth uh i would still stick to two ounces maybe two and a half but yeah i definitely dig the mixture because uh dolan in the manhattan seems a little too thin uh carpano antica was a little too bold and i think this perfectly brings it together um i don't really like angostura in any cocktail i know it's the go-to salt and pepper of drinks but uh yeah that's uh that's whoa you just like rolled right over that that's a hot take micah (laughs) i know i think i've alluded to it before uh in our 12 bottle episode i made reference of uh if i'm making a drink i have a very specific version or vision eh, that sounds too grandiose that's dumb i have a very specific <laughs> <laughs> i like I'm, it when i'm making a drink i have a very specific idea of what i want to do and so i'm gonna have a might very you call specific, it a vision <laughs> a vision of sorts <laughs> 
so if I'm making a drink, it's going to be like, I'm going to put ginger bitters in it or hibiscus or lavender. Uh, I'm not going to just throw bitters in there like an Angostura because it deserves bitters and it's the most widely used one. So I almost never use it and actually prefer not to use it. So if I'm making my own Manhattan, I do orange bitters. Mm, okay. <clears throat> Hot takes all over the place. Mike. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, even with the rye, I don't necessarily have a preference. Um, as long as it's not a garbage one, I'm fine. And just for the sake of posting a specific recipe, I'll go with Whistle Big Ten. I like that. Hundred proof. Yeah. I want something with some punch. I keep saying punch when I mean like I want something boozy. And I did it in a punch episode where it got real confusing. Why does he keep saying punch <laughs> when he doesn't mean punch? <laughs> You want salsa, 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 salsa? <laughs> um, but I think that's an accurate description or an accurate uh, way of saying it. You want something with some punch, with some pizzazz? Yeah. What other Batman-esque some verbs can we use? Boom. Pow. Pow. Yes. Zap. Two peas. <laughs> um, but what I was going to say is, uh, will it? My preferred rye. Two, exactly two ounces left it was a small batch so it, it was punchier as mm. some might say <laughs> it was at around uh not having it in front of me i think it was 56 55 110 proof um so you can definitely taste it in there yeah and then the vermouth i've been using as of late is and i i don't know the great the the best pronunciation of it so it's vermouth, and it's spelled V-E-R-M-U-T. So let's say vermouth moustau. Mm. L-U-S-T-A-U. Okay. Have you had this at all? Mm -mm. It's Spanish vermouth. Hmm. And I really, I, I like it, and I keep it on hand often because I actually think it's really tasty to just sip on its own. Um, it's not that sweet. Um, it's got kind of more, it, it doesn't have the same richness that like a Carpano Antica does. So I think it's easier to sip on its own, but it's also kind of nice in um, this drink because I think it's actually a little bit drier with some kind of fruity-ish notes and stuff. Um, I don't, I'm not good at saying, oh, well, raisins and apricots and blah, blah, blah. But, <laughs> but, Tasting uh, notes, my favorite. Oh, yep. Um, but that's kind of been my go-to as of late. And that's what I used in this one, um, along with the Dolan Dry. So highly recommend that vermouth hmm. for anybody looking for a red. And Willet is a delicious rye. While there are a lot of others that I think work in it, um, I think I almost always used to have a bottle of Rittenhouse rye on hand just because, and I'm almost positive I actually had that in the 12 bottle bar yeah mostly because good it's good it does the job it's like a real workhorse right because it's right. um cost effective it's not maybe like 25 bucks or something but uh but if you are willing to spend the extra few bucks for a willet i i highly recommend that yeah and i like the high west uh double ride too it's um what is it it's like it's only 90 proof, so you're not getting quite as much uh, oomph from it. But uh, I, I enjoy High West products, too. So why not? I do enjoy High West products. And totally random, 
uh, I signed up for their like high West uh, email list club or something forever ago. Mm -hmm. And still every year they send me a little tin mug. It's kind of (laughs) nice. Nice. Like one of those little enamel camper mugs. I've got four of them now. It's pretty cool. (laughs) Spread the wealth. Yeah. Uh, actually, I've seen that in your house. Those are nice. I like those a lot. That's funny that that's that they send you that for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. I felt like I had to. I should message them. Like, I don't know why you keep sending them or like what I got to do, but keep them coming because <laughs> I, I enjoy yeah. them quite a bit. Almost got a complete set. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of High West, actually at Burry, I think I've used that quite a few times in a in a Manhattan. Yeah, I dig that. Especially and you know it's kind of in the name itself if you are if you like bourbon but are kind of wanting to try this little bit more spiciness of the rye the burr rye yeah it has a little bit more more of the rye in its mash so uh and speaking of high west they also do their pre-bottled manhattans it's like one of the first pre-bottled cocktail that i remember taking note of i'm gonna go back and I might even be going back on what I said earlier, at least, yeah, backpedaling quite a bit here is after having, I'm, I've pretty much uh, enjoyed this entire Manhattan that I made. And again, I did go back and taste the other one. I do not enjoy it. It is not good. Getting, <laughs> yeah. Once does, you have a reference point, it yeah, does make it, a difference. It, it's falling quickly. Uh, that's not to say that I might, I don't stand by, you know, if someone brought, if you could bring them into a spring training game, if you really wanted a cocktail instead of a beers, which, by the way, I I don't think I'm actually that far gone in terms of cocktails. You know, mm-hmm. like I said, if someone brought, I'm sure I'd have it, but uh, I'm fine. I don't need to do that. I can go and have a beer. Yeah, <laughs> but we'll uh, get, I got a beer hat now. There you go. Yeah, that's right. I was trying to figure out what that was earlier. Yeah, because um, it sounded like a little bit of an angle. Beer hat, beer hat. Uh, but but yeah, it's it's not it's not good. It's it's extremely sweet now. Yeah, and it's. Uh, I don't. I was thinking I would just go back and finish it because you know it's sitting here. Mm-hmm. But uh, I will not. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, and during our process of rating different bars and their Manhattans, well. The bars based on their Manhattans. I got two things that I feel like the two worst ones that I recall, and I have no problem mentioning them because it's not in their wheelhouse, anyways. It wasn't supposed to be great. All right. And um, so the first one was, uh, and it's closed, so no hard feelings, probably. Uh, the Lodge in Scottsdale. Do you remember that one? Oh, um, the bar or the drink? When the when, bar. Yeah. Okay, because, you know, they don't have a robust or didn't have a robust, uh, you know, cocktail program. So, no, yeah. I, and I ordered a Manhattan anyways, not even necessarily because I wanted to sample it to put it on the list. But um, it was one of those where it was uh, put a glass down, fill it with ice and do the free pour of uh, yeah. bourbon and sweet vermouth. I don't remember which one. And then <laughs> boom. Red Abomination, two plastic straws, slid it my way. Now, oh, yeah. <laughs> so obviously. But. So, you know, it's, I wonder, I am curious to know. So that, that particular bar, 
in that location does not exist. I believe they still have a location in Tempe, right? That sounds right. Cause I double checked to see if they're closed. Cause I still felt bad, you know, calling yeah. something out. But yeah. the point was that, you know, they didn't have it on their menu. Like this is the Manhattan to end all Manhattans. It's just like, yeah, we know how to make one and we're going to give it to you. Right. <laughs> so so I, I don't hold a, you know, I'm not being a dick about it. Hopefully. No. Yeah. <laughs> and they are that that's, you know, even back then when we were, when we were going to places like the lodge, that, that was not about getting good cocktails. Right. That was about great barbecue oh, sandwiches though. Did have a really good barbecue yes. sandwich, big Vikings bar. Mm. We go there, watch Vikings game. But yeah, that was just about pounded drinks, hanging out with friends. Yeah. That bar was, we'll call that bar pre kids bar. Yes. <laughs> uh, Hey, but we that was one of our favorite that was one of our go-to spots. I did like that place a lot. And um, I mention it because in one of the many, many, many full rewatches of Cheers, at one point I started <laughs> paying Cheers. I started paying attention to their bar mannerisms, like their garnish prep, mm. their drink making. Like I was actually looking to see if they're doing it. And in the episode where Sam actually pours a Manhattan, he does the same thing glass on the bar filled with ice and does the free pour but i was watching and he did make it correctly you know two parts one part so like i was watching the count and i was like oh yeah. he at least made a proper manhattan like it's yep. not my favorite uh <laughs> you know end product of how it was done but right it make a two to one manhattan and then the other one which was I designated as the worst because they were so braggy about how bad they did it. And uh, this is by no means calling out the place because I will go <laughs> for a big rig and a pizza cookie all day. Ooh, I know where you're going. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> because on their menu, they talk about like, we're going to give you this awesome Manhattan. We're going to give you Jack Daniels. We got sweet vermouth. We're going to shake it up real good <laughs> over ice. And they didn't talk about the red abominations, but that's what they gave me. And so obviously oregano's, they're not known for their bar program. That's not the point, but I just love how enthusiastic they were about shaking it up real good. In That was in the description. We shake it up real good. <laughs> <laughs> And that was delightfully bad. Uh, and hey. I really don't like Jack Daniels. Ugh. That is one where you can do a lot with whatever whatever you're going for in your Manhattan or any drink, but if Jack's involved, I'm out. Now, is that for, well, I was going to say, is that for all, cock, is that for cocktails? Pretty much anything. anything. I just don't like it. It's got a distinct taste that I'm not down with. <laughs> It does have a little bit of a distinct taste, and maybe I have slowly acquired it. Not, not in drinks, not in cocktails yet, but in uh, that is one of let's say three go-to's of mine at like a um, open wedding bar. Right. Uh, so if we're at a high volume bar, that's not not a cocktail bar, just a you know just a dive bar or something like that. A Jack and Coke or a Jack and Diet Coke, some lime or something like that. That actually uh, is one of my go-tos. Yeah, if I don't trust, uh, yeah, if if I know I'm not going to get anything good, I just get a gin and tonic. 
Oh yeah. See, I was going to say my other ones are probably either gin and tonic or vodka soda. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if, if I'm at your establishment and I order a gin and tonic or a Stella, that means I did not trust you with any of the other drinks. <laughs> now, now we'll walk into some place. They'll, they'll listen to this and you'll order that. And they'll <laughs> side, give you, give you a side eye. So, <laughs> Just for kicks, I pulled up the uh, oregano's menu because I was like, I wonder if that's still on the menu. I did too, yeah. It's not it, there. It's not there. But it is kind of funny now that there is a handcrafted cocktail section. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, they're not bragging about shaking Manhattans, but it's, they're, not, they're, they're also very clearly catering to an audience that just wants something that's very easy to drink. Like yeah. And it usually is mostly looks some of the things look pretty sweet but something that sounds very appealing yeah it's not, definitely not, gonna be on the sweeter side and uh that even goes to again i will definitely drink a bellini their frozen bellinis are delicious they're probably like 1200 calories each yeah and like 50 grams of sugar but still delicious when you're eating the big rig then you top it off with a pizza cookie <laughs> oh my god here we go with the pizza again <laughs> I'm really hungry. I, you know what I really want? Even though, because I know I can't get pizza right now because it's 11 o'clock. You know, it's out, you know what else I would really eat right now? Something I would just take down. Like a carne asada burrito from Philadelphia. Mm, like yeah. Oh, man. Maybe a chicken chimichanga, number 13 chicken. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So do you have... So those are two of the spots where you did not maybe have an enjoyable Manhattan experience. Do you have one that uh, tops your list for Manhattan by chance? There's been lots of places that do it competently, do it well. Um, yeah. I haven't, I don't even know that I've, well, I can say, and this was going to be my answer anyways. The last time I had a Manhattan was at the Gladly. And, uh, from what I recall in our general findings back when we were still doing it, that uh, a good, reliable quality go-to was the gladly yeah and i i was just thinking oh what would mine be but i'm not even gonna try to yeah come up with my own because i think you're right not that i'm saying not that i'm piling on saying oh mine is the gladly too i just think that's a good way to end it because they do have a really good manhattan that they've since put in uh put on draft and Mm -hmm. a lot of places can do manhattan really well but uh and that at the time, the originals for us. Yeah, and when we were most impressionable, they flamed the orange, which oh. you know, it sells it. We were we yes. were novices, and you yeah. know, we'll we'll do with some of the showmanship. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right, so if that wraps it up, I think it does. We're on the Manhattan. Yeah, we're getting late here again. I feel like this has started to work its way even into some of my work calls but uh i always i but i actually kind of enjoy it we've been uh doing a lot of like hey let's end on a positive note what's going on in the midst of all of this craziness you know some some sort of bright light or new something new that you've uh either done or come across or whatever that's kind of uh brightened your day Mm -hmm. in the midst of all this so do you have anything like that I certainly do. And at the risk of going first, <laughs> whoa. So like going first. Like we did. Just like this we earlier. planned. 
I have the perfect place for a Nerf hoop at my home. <laughs> and being quarantined, I think I deserve a Nerf hoop. <laughs> you do deserve <laughs> and I, I, that, and I would kill for a Nerf hoop. I did, did you have one like when I, you were younger? Or, like, we have, I'm pretty sure we have one in the dorms, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I think just, that was the last place I had one. Because me and my cousins, I've, I've got two cousins that are close in age for me growing up. And, and I know you do too, that you spent a lot of time uh, with your cousins. And uh, just the hours and hours we spent with the Nerf hoop in the living room, breaking yep. everything, breaking each other's faces. <laughs> you know what? I, uh, I can't wait. I, I think I still got the touch. I got a good outside range. Uh, <laughs> got good high ceilings here. I think it's going to be fun. And I'm very much looking forward to shooting some hoops again. Did you, by the way, just catch me looking back? I was looking back at the door in my room to see. Uh, I was just thinking, I wonder if there's enough ceiling height here to get like a really good, to, to have um, some really good range for shooting long distance in this room. Um, and I think there might be, but uh, yeah, where did, did you get it, by the way? Did you just order it off Amazon? Yeah, Isla has one of these like squishy, not a Nerf ball, but just like a squishy one and yeah. like where it's going to go. I've been doing a lot of like pretending like that's where it's going to go and like, <laughs> you know, around the back. Like, yes. I cannot wait to dunk again. I feel like <laughs> it is going to be a lone bright spot in the quarantine ages that. Yeah. Well, I clearly, won't. if you recall, I'm not dunking on any real hoops yeah. this leg of mine that is is recovering slowly from its uh partial tear so yeah that's a good one i do like that one because uh i like how it makes you feel like a kid again yeah and there's like a perfect doorway here where like you know if you dunk it's like an nba hoop where you've got some you know space in the back to kind of follow through on uh, <laughs> where you can house. hang and really let your feet swing <laughs> under <laughs> no just like you can dunk and not like i say this because at my cousin's house yeah. it was two feet and then the stairs going downstairs so either oh. you had the door shut and then it really limited your like head-on dunking yeah. or you took the risk of going down the going stairs. straight down the <laughs> straight down a flight of stairs yeah i like it um yeah i don't so for me Mine, yeah, I don't have any. I don't have anything nearly as whimsical, or, <laughs> or nearly as bright as that. Uh, we are trying to do our part to uh, support some of the industry right now, since obviously they've been hit the hardest, and we've talked about that ad mm-hmm. nauseum a little bit. But you know, going out, doing some takeout, crujente, by the way, um, added the crunchy beef tacos to their takeout menu. Originally, they were do takeout. I was thinking, oh, great. You know, I, I love their tacos, but the crunchy beef taco is my favorite. But they were doing it in like these taco kits. And I think we right. even talked about that yeah. where you bring it home and you make it. And the crunchy beef was not a part of that. And now they have since added that. So that is very nice. They have also uh, allowed, they also will allow you to purchase a bottle of Mezcal Carreño mm. um, with a food purchase. So my next stop, there i'm definitely going to get a bottle of mezcal cranium uh, mostly nice. because i've just you know been doing my part to stay at home but also just feel like leaving just to go to the liquor stores yeah yeah not not a not a good idea i feel like uh 
I've got enough in my home bar. Mm. We've already talked about that. Yeah, um, I'm. I felt the same way with running out of sweet vermouth. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be a little more responsible and not make a specific trip out just for exactly. That. <laughs> that's that's the word. I, it feels a, not irresponsible, but it's not the most responsible to be yeah. going out just to get a bottle of booze mm-hmm. when I know I have several bottles of booze. Um, that being said. I'm going to 180 and I did leave to get a bottle of booze today, <laughs> one bottle of booze specifically, but because it wasn't, because I wasn't going to, you know, just a normal retail shop. It was actually, I went over to Undertow Century Grand because they are now selling retail bottles. Um, they're selling bottles through their retail shop. And they have some really unique bottles, but one bottle I know that they have that I cannot get other places from our discussions with Yos and our uh, Batavia Rock episode was there by the Dutch Batavia Rock Undertow Edition that was aged mm. in the PX Sherry Casks. Nice. So, that was so good. Yeah. I knew I really wanted that and I know it's a very limited edition, so... And I feel like, you know, I'm also supporting them and mm-hmm. um, in, the, in a time when, you know, they don't have other, a lot of other sources of revenue. So I felt like, I felt like that I, I was able to justify getting another bottle of booze. Mm-hmm. For a good way. cause. Yeah, good cause. Yeah. Bottle 22, I'm, I'm excited to bust into this. And I'm sad that obviously we are doing this virtually and cannot. I know. Yeah, sipping on it together, but yeah, there will be a day. I promise I will not mm-hmm. drink it all before quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm still holding on. We can do a swap. I got a hundred mils of uh, peppercorn vodka for you. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That's right. I'll definitely uh, we'll do a little trade. So with that, I would like everybody out there to stay hydrated and wash their hands and do your part. Stay home if you can. We'll get through this. And before long, Micah and I will be hugging, swapping bottles of liquor or samples of liquor, and hugging again. Yes. All right. If uh, well, if you get a chance, hey, why don't you rate us five stars, by the way? Not four, not three. Definitely not two. Maybe one. I, I, I kind of respect it if you're going full one or full five. No, don't do okay. it. All we right, can't Mike. afford it. <laughs> Micah says no. All right. We don't have don't. enough ratings to, to brace for a one star. <laughs> okay, don't disappoint Micah. <laughs> Not now. Uh, five stars. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts and some other places where you podcast, I think. And, uh, I do it through Google. Yeah. Google Pods. Right. There you go. Uh, and if you obviously have any questions for us, um, alwaysparched at gmail.com. Otherwise, uh, hit us up on IG, Always Parched. Facebook, we're very active on Facebook as always. Super. Always Parched. And uh, that's all. You kids stay safe out there. It's a crazy, crazy world. Bye, buddy. Bye.
from a little film called Damn it, what's that one? <laughs> Killing it. I know. Oh man. I'm just all over. I should have had some actual notes going into this. I even thought about actual notes. Who needs actual notes when we can just talk out our ass? Hashtag blessed, right? Um, it's the first time I've ever said that. Felt sure weird. it is. 